You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Gentlemen, start your engines! The following is a paid program. This program may contain adult themes and nudity, and you can never go wrong with that. Speaking of always being right, views expressed on this program are those of life-experienced mechanics. Continued listening may cause addiction, and in rare cases, a rash. Discretion is advised. A mechanic tries to fix your car. No matter if you're near or far. He'll change your oil or fix your flat. And he'll do it just like that. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Okay, Big Al, hit it! Isn't it nice to have a friendly voice back in the studio? Thank you very much. And I I do want to say that I couldn't do that when I was in Portugal because, you know, they got all kinds of electronic devices to watch your speed and uh, oh, yeah oh yeah you don't want to be peeling out there I'll but tell actually you. I was talking about having Terry here <laughs> <laughs> but I'm bummed where's the drum roll <laughs> Terry keeps joining us from Omvik and we're going to talk about some interesting stuff uh, they had a mystery chopper out there doing his shtick and uh, no they knew who the chopper was <laughs> but the dealership didn't know who the chopper was yeah we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about negative equity in your lease car that's also a great subject and all in pricing which is the continual theme and with Omvik. Uh, we know when you see that price in the paper, if it comes from the dealership, they have to honor it when you walk in the front door. So we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. To Fred DeFrancesco, our insurance specialist, is going to be calling in. And uh, the reality is we're going to talk about your classic car if it's covered under your standard automotive policy. Oh. So if you write off your your 1930 Duesenberg right. with a retail value of $2 million and change, mm-hmm. but your only car is covered for like... 50,000, you're in trouble. So we'll talk about that. And I'm here, too. So, again, we've got how many between us? 100 years of experience fixing cars? More than I can remember. I think that's a good sign of old age. Huh? But you can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) This is Dave's Corner Garage. Uh, Tune in, call in. We'll be right back. All righty, we're back. It's Dave's Corner Garage. My name is Dave Redinger. I'm with Alan Gelman. That's me. Terry O'Keefe from Armick, and behind the board is Sebastian. I never know Sebastian's last name, but that's good because I can't write him that way. (laughs) (laughs) Mystery shopper. That's where you take somebody out, and uh, they pretend to be a car buyer, and you're actually looking for, what, compliance with the rules? Exactly, and uh, we we sent a couple of mystery shoppers to the Ottawa region uh, earlier this summer, and they were specifically shopping at new car dealerships Mm -hmm. and uh, looking for compliance with the all-in pricing regulations. And so what did you find out? Uh, over 25% of the dealers in Ottawa were not compliant. So wow. in, in other words, what the mystery shoppers did, but they went to the dealership's website, looked at the prices for vehicles, and when they went to the dealership, you know, could they buy the vehicle for that price? Right. And in over 25% of the cases, there were a, a hidden fees or additional charges that weren't included in the advertised price. Which is and, totally against the and rules. And that's illegal, exactly. Interesting. So what was the dealer's excuse? 
the, well, because this was done strictly for research, it wasn't done for enforcement. Ah. That's to be followed up on. I understand. Uh, but it allows us to, to, to alert consumers to the issue. And that's you know that our campaign is running right now. We're still trying to raise a consumer awareness uh, for all-in pricing. I mean, we've got over 8,000 dealers in the province, each of them running hundreds of ads each day. There's no possible way we can review every ad. It's just not possible. But if consumers know dealers can't add fees on top of the advertised price other than HST and licensing, if consumers know that, that's going to stop dealers from doing it because those consumers are going to go, you can't do that. I'm out of here. I'm going to go shop somewhere where they are complying with the law. But there is a caveat here. If the ad is from the manufacturer, that doesn't work that way. You're not, you, know, you have no legislation for that. That's absolutely right, and that's a really important point. If, if the ad isn't from a dealer or a group of dealers, if it is from the manufacturer, the Motor Vehicle Dealers Act, which is what requires all-in pricing, doesn't apply. How does, uh, how does someone who's reading the newspaper, for example, know the difference, though? If, if it's got a dealership's name, okay, it, then it's going to have to comply. Or if it's got a group of dealers' names, or if it said, you know, the GTA, you name the manufacturer, oh, Dealers, yeah, 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 yeah. dealers mm-hmm. Association, then it's from dealers. But if there is no mention of any dealers in that ad, it's probably a manufacturer's ad. And then now some manufacturers, you know, and, and I commend them, actually include, you know, the freight in their advertised prices. Right. Others don't. And so you really have to be careful when you're reading a manufacturer's you know, ad. What I find confusing is $75,000 off, you know, like I don't understand where that comes <laughs> off and how that works. And I'm in the trade. So like I saw one ad for Dodge, $17,000 in discounts. Where's the discount applied? And that's a really, really good point because if it's the price that's being advertised, that price has to be available to everyone. Okay. Okay. So if there are employee discounts, and I'm not talking about like Ford's employee pricing right now, that does apply to everybody. But it would be illegal for a dealer to advertise a price that's not available to everyone. Okay. That that would actually be misleading advertising. And we do see it. We actually had a Windsor a Windsor dealership, uh, I think it was a Windsor Chrysler dealership just last month was fined $3500 for doing exactly that for off for advertising prices that you couldn't walk in and get the vehicle for. Mm-hmm. But I understand the other issue too is that a lot of times they'll advertise the car and, and then the price is legitimate, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. But you can't find a car like that. Oh yeah, yeah. They apparently it, Nissan, the Nissan Micro was like they that. Ran they were price. advertising that you could buy a car for ten thousand dollars or whatever kind under of crazy 10, price it was. Oh, was it? Except that there were no cars around. Yeah, uh, George from the APA refor- refers to those as unicorns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, if so, if a dealer is advertising that car and they don't have it in stock, mm-hmm. then the ad should clearly and prominently indicate that a factory order is required or a dealer locate is required so that the consumer doesn't go to the dealership expecting, expecting to be able to, to, be able to see it. Expecting to drop the price and drive it and, and, and take it away within two days. Exactly. exactly. I don't know if the law has changed or not, but when we were in as, as a dealership, when I was working at a dealership, say the car was $10,000 and it had a factory discount of $2,000, We'd have to write up a $10,000, tax $10,000, and then discount at the bottom. Is that still what applies? And that is dependent on the manufacturer program. Okay. That's not something that's governed by the MVDA. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a, a bag of snakes, really. It is, it is possible you could be paying tax on the full amount before yes. the discount is applied. That is possible, yes. So, yes. so that's, it's a very confusing situation, especially when you have factory discounts or incentives and da-da-da-da-da. 
it blows my mind. It's, it's just absolutely confusing. Yeah, and, and that's why I, I encourage consumers to go to OMVIC's website. Uh, we've got some really, really good resources there explaining the advertising rules and how they apply so that you know going in what a dealership, you know, what the expectation should be. And I, and I, I meant what I said. You know, if, if you went to a dealership and you've got an ad from that dealer and it says $20,000 and when you get there, you find out, well, there's 20, it's 20000 but there's an extra six or $700 for these fees. Yes. That dealership doesn't deserve your business. Walk away and Walk shop away. elsewhere. Oh, qu- qu- question, qu- uh, quick question. Sometimes the color of the car can be uh, change the price of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they charge 200 bucks for paint. Yeah, yes. premium paint. Yep. So it has to specify in the ad that if a specific it's a, color? If it's a new vehicle ad, uh-huh. uh, it should, <clears throat> excuse me, it absolutely should indicate that if that price is for the black one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're, that was another thing I read this morning. <laughs> you know when they're giving uh, fuel economy figures? Yeah. Apparently they do the tests with premium fuel. Right. Lorraine, Lorraine wrote about this. Uh-huh. Lorraine Summerfield. They use the test with premium fuel. If you're running the car with regular fuel, you may not be getting the same numbers as they say you should. So it does make a difference. Remember uh, you had that Nissan? Yeah. It ran better on premium than it ran Oh, Lorraine? it did, but that manufacturer called for it. But, ah, but okay. my newer car... I use the <clears throat> cheaper gas. I hope nobody's listening. Yeah. Um, and, and it works fine. <laughs> what are you talking you know? about? Everybody's listening. <laughs> I thought you were going to try to tell me that blue cars get better gas mileage no, no. than yellow cars. <laughs> I would imagine white cars get better mileage. Because, Why is that? Because the air conditioning is not working as hard. You think? Yeah. Everybody in Florida drives a white car. <laughs> Where'd you get that car? Florida. Gilbert is on the phone. He wrote me an email yesterday. Oh. And uh, I had him call in, and we're going to talk about the maintenance costs, on specifically a Subaru. It's like, Wow. Knock you out. It seemed worse than you were. <laughs> this is Alan from Glen Allen Motors, and um, we're tired of getting slighted, but we're going to come back after this break anyways. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Okay, welcome back. Garage doors wide open. By the way, uh, we, I was having lunch with a friend yesterday, and we're talking about what to buy your wife as a birthday present. Mm-hmm. So what I usually do is I go to the, her, her jeweler, and I go, give me a watch for 300 bucks. Right. And he says, what kind of watch you want? And I go, I don't care. Just give me a watch for 300 bucks. Right, because she's bringing it back. She's bringing it back, yeah. right? That's the reality. <laughs> I said, you're going to see her the next day, and she's going to come back with the watch and pick what she likes, and maybe she's going to add a little money to it, and bingo, she goes. That's a, gi- so, that's a given. So we were talking about what to get your wife that she will never forget. And he says, get her nothing. <laughs> You're right. She will never forget that. She will never. As long as you live. <laughs> and I said that to my wife this morning, and she says, yep, I will never forget. <laughs> and it's so true. Uh, we have Gilbert. Speaking of maintenance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, this isn't marital maintenance. Nope. This is automotive yep. maintenance Gilbert, Is it Gilbert on the phone? Yes, it is. Oh, not Gilbert, but it's Gilbert. Um, yeah. I got an email from you last night, which I thought was fascinating. Uh, please go ahead. Yes, uh, I bought a uh, 2016 Subaru last year uh, in August, and uh, I didn't think much of the. I didn't uh, ask about the maintenance schedule or anything. Mm-hmm. This just started uh, six months ago, which uh, the first one was eighty dollars. And that includes synthetic oil. I don't know if I needed synthetic oil, yeah, but they gave me synthetic oil after 5000 mm-hmm. Now, when I came for the second one, which was uh, uh, rotation of tires and check brakes and all that stuff, then it came in at 350 Right. And it, it sort of started escalating. And then I got to another one at C, although that's 
only at uh, 120,000, that's six hundred seventy-five dollars. Mm-hmm. And then you read at two hundred twenty thousand uh, kilometers check, that's eleven hundred dollars. Now, I was just wondering if that other car dealerships follow the same maintenance, or this seemed to be excessive because if I followed all these uh, steps that they suggested, by the time I would uh, reach uh, 220,000 kilometers, it would cost me $10,000. Wow. But I, I, I now, think what, what – what, see, what you've just said, and, and I don't know if you caught it yourself, but you said what they suggested, okay? Yes. So in other words, the dealership – now, the individual dealership – we're not talking about a manufacturer. We're talking about an individual dealership um, is um, – uh, they're suggesting that you do the work, but it doesn't mean you have to man- that there's no mandatory uh, pressure for you to maintain your warranty to do that amount of work. That's okay. what I was concerned about. So he, he it wouldn't blow his warranty? warranty? No, 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 no. I mean, there are obviously – here, what you can do is this. Your manufacturer, like every manufacturer, prints a manual, okay? Right. And it, and it will have the list of service that is required to maintain your warranty. Correct. And this right. is where the dealership, you see, can add extra items, and right. uh, and it's not part of maintaining your, your warranty at all. Yeah, and you don't have to actually take it to the dealership as long as the person servicing your car is a licensed technician. Exactly. Right. So and as long well, as they stick to what the manufacturer recommends, mm-hmm. you know, you will be covered. Like, in other words, they, 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 the manufacturer who's giving you the warranty, they can insist that you maintain your car, but they're not going to or can't insist where you have it maintained. Right. And you right. also have to keep records. You have to make sure that you have impeccable records that, that the car has had all the services done. On the other side of the coin, though, you've lost contact with the dealer, and as far as recalls and, and upgrades, you, you don't get that, that, that well, opportunity. Well, well, I mean, they listen, if they sold him the car, they've got his information. Yeah. You know, so they're going to know from that perspective how to get in touch with him if a recall happens. Recall, yes. I, but... I was talking to uh, the, my local garage, yes. which has been servicing my 2000 legacy for years. Uh-huh. And this is said there was the second time that someone had come to them this week with with uh, Niagara Subaru mm-hmm. with this maintenance schedule. And the guy, mm-hmm. you know, said, the chap who came to see uh, the mechanic said, well, I'm on a fixed income. I don't know if I really can afford all this, but then if I don't follow their maintenance schedule, what am I on the hook for? And, and the guy said, well, I, I sort of, he didn't know what to say. Because things are getting more and more complicated, and and you always have to read the fine print of everything before you make a decision. Well, like in, I'm saying in this in this situation as well, I, I would check your owner's manual. If you need to go onto the manufacturer's website, they will specify the minimum that you need to do to maintain your warranty. Um, and, and again, in, in the dealer's. Um, you know, when you're talking about the dealership, they have big fancy buildings. Weren't we talking about how yeah. much the overhaul big stuff, was? Yeah. And you know, and, and in theory, and if you listen to them, they'll tell you, you know, we're, we're practically giving away the cars. Well, if you're giving away the cars, you got to be making some money somewhere. So hey, they're going to be trying to get your service business. Yeah, or they get a kickback from the manufacturer if they make their bonuses. <laughs> well, <laughs> and again, you know, they're a business like anybody else, and uh, you have the option whether to shop there or not to shop there. Okay, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about negative equity in a lease. What's that mean? 
Yeah, being in the ditch. <laughs> and so, I mean physically. So you don't need a tow truck? Or, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll talk about that. And then uh, following that later, Freddie Francesco from Fairview Insurance is going to talk about classic car insurance. This is Dave's Corner Garage. Alan, take us out. Oh, yes. This is Dave's Corner Garage. <laughs> and um, we'll be right back. <laughs> ah, welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. The headline says... 100 million Volkswagens are vulnerable to hacking, mm-hmm. according to Motor Trends. Yeah, but would you want one? Uh, to hack a Volkswagen? I'm not <laughs> sure. sure. How does it work? Well, hackers can use a piece of radio hardware to intercept the signal from your key fob. Mm-hmm. So when you press the key fob, it understands it eavesdrops uh, on the signal, repeats it, and can step into your car. And I don't know. We were just talking about it. Can you actually drive it away? Yes. Whoa. Okay. So this is pretty serious. Yeah. So the remedy is, I guess, contact your uh, Volkswagen dealer and say, uh, what happens now? Well, I actually, I, I did see on the interweb, and it must be true because yeah. it's uh, on, on the web. Anything on the, on the web, on the web that they said that you should wrap your key fob in aluminum foil or something, and, and somehow that's going to keep. Uh, Do you know that trick where you hold it up to your head? You hold able... it up to your head, and 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 you can get your car to start even though you're farther away from it. Yeah. Well, the reason is because we're so full of water that the water actually amplifies the signal. So okay. it actually does work. Really? Yeah. There's so, there's some other things you should you really should do though. <laughs> if you're if you're trading in a car, yeah. uh-huh. make sure that you deprogram the garage door openers, your phone that's been downloaded, yeah, 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 it, yeah, yeah. your GPS that says where home is. So if you've got you've got your garage door openers programmed, you've got your GPS that knows where home is. Please erase all that information. Delete that information before you trade that Smart, car in. Yeah. That's right, because uh, you know the map is in there, and it's like go home. Yep. <laughs> so it takes you to the last guy's house. Yep. And then you press the button on the mirror, and it opens the garage, garage door. door. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's it's in those owners' manuals you were talking about how to, how to delete that information, yeah. and, and uh, it's important to do it. RTF, by the way, is read the effing manual. And Sally said if you knock three times, you're in for a good time. You know? Alrighty, uh, we're going to talk. Well, one thing is um, the uh, auction is coming up, the classic car auction uh, at the International Center. Is that where you bought that Duesenberg you were talking about in the no. first half? No, actually my dad once bought a 31 Lincoln Phaeton there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should tell you that story before we go back to the thing. So he buys his 31 Lincoln Phaeton. It was um, the highest price paid for that car. Uh, at that time. Now they've escalated like crazy. But anyways, so five years later, we've had the car in storage. What happened was because of inflation, we bought a lot of antique cars to try and get around inflation. A guy pulls up in a BFI truck mm-hmm. and he says, do you have a Lincoln Phaeton? And my dad says, yeah, we have it, but wasn't for sale. He says, I'd like to buy it. What do you want for it? So my dad figures out what the interest costs were and things like that. And he says, here's the number. The guy leaves him a check for five grand. And he says, I'll tell you the rest of the story when I come back. So next day he comes back by taxi with a certified check for the balance, and he says, that car was my father's car. Oh. I had to sell it because I got a contract to build BFI trucks. I now made enough money to buy my dad's cars back. Thank you very much. You'll never forget the guy in the garbage truck that bought the Lincoln Phaeton. Wow. <laughs> so it's great stories. So uh, let's talk about negative equity. You've leased a car and you're in the ditch. Yeah, so what's happening? I mean, people today, or some people today, have become what we refer to as as monthly payment junkies. They yeah. see that finance offer and they go, "I can I can buy that car for one hundred and fifty dollars uh, biweekly." That's an that's an amazing deal. Right. I mean, but and, the, and but, that's all they're looking at. And that's all they look at. What mm-hmm. they don't realize that in order to get that payment, the loan term is you know eight nine years. Mm. 
So let's say you you buy that thirty thousand dollar car, uh, but you're driving a lot, you commute a lot, so you've put two hundred thousand kilometers on it in four years. So it's it's diminished, it's depreciated greatly, but you still owe you know eighteen thousand dollars on that car. But you right. go to trade it in because you need a new car because your warranty's up, and the wholesale value for the car is seven thousand, mm-hmm. but you still owe eighteen. So you're going to take that. $11,000 of negative equity that you still own the car that's above its value and roll it into the loan for the next car. Right. So you buy another $30,000 car, so you got the $30,000 loan plus the eleven that you owed on the old car. So now you got a $41,000 loan for that $30,000 car. And then it happens again four that's years right. later. Four years later. You, and it you, snowballs. So what's your, your way out is to go bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it what, what will happen one day is for many consumers is they're just simply not going to be able to replace that car and they're going to have to keep driving it. Yeah, that's one. And then and when X, Equifax gets a, gets a hold of it and sees that you're you know so far in the ditch, it actually affects your credit rating, your FICO score. It it does, and it and we've also seen consumers that that have been been harmed because they've got. You know, thousands. I'm talking like twenty thousand dollars in negative equity, yep. and they they write the car off, Ooh. and so the bank pays them the thirty thousand dollars that the car was worth, but they owe fifty, and now they have to come up with the twenty thousand dollars to satisfy the bank. So negative equity, it really is an issue, and it's 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 caused by long term loan periods. That's not to say that it's wrong for everybody. But if you're someone who's put, who's buying a, a car that might depreciate quickly, mm-hmm. or you're someone who puts you know above average kilometers on that car, that's going to cause that kind of depreciation. You really need to be very very uh, aware of this potential pitfall. So basically, in leasing, or could it be in financing too? Well, this is financing we're talking about. With yeah. leasing, you get into the extra kilometer penalties, of yes. course, which can again be thousands and thousands of dollars at lease end. And condition problems, you know, it comes back to so it's above damage. above average normal wear and tear. So absolutely. there you go. You got to yeah. read the fine print. Buy in haste and repent in leisure. That gets a good way to talk. It's like that Cheech and Chong routine. <laughs> a dollar down, a dollar a week for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> Buy here, pay here. Dan Creed Chevels. We got the big ones, your small ones, your Chevys, your Jimmys, your Vans. Got no money. Don't make no difference. Come on down. <laughs> All righty. We'll be right back with Fred DeFrancesco from Fairview Insurance. We'll be right back. Alrighty, we're back, and we're listening to Alan's stories. That was a good story. <laughs> Fred DeFrancesco from Fairview Insurance is on the phone. Fred, how are you? Hello, gentlemen. You too, David. Oh, oh thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Little humor there. I had to pay, pay back. I had to pay Fred to say that. You know? <laughs> we're going to talk about classic cars. So, uh, an antique or a classic car. Uh, is covered by insurance. I guess it's a special policy, Fred? There isn't a special policy, David. It's the identical policy that you have on your vehicle, new, old, it doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. It's an owner's policy in the province of Ontario. What we do to the uh, policies where we're insuring vehicles that have a huge market value is we apply a specific endorsement to that uh. policy, and that endorsement is called the Agreed Value Endorsement, which is uh, an Ontario policy change for number 19A, and I emphasize 19A, not 19. Now, Fred, who has to come up with this actual number? Um, do you have to, uh, I mean, the insurance company obviously is going to want to look at the car and do an assessment of it, but uh, when, the, when the purchaser or when the owner himself has an idea of what it's worth, do you, do you have to get some kind of, you know, uh, uh, letter assessment, or assessment of appraisal. some kind? Appraisal. Appraisal, thank yeah. you. An appraisal norm, an insurance company, if if you went to them and you said, well, listen, I've got uh, a 1967 Corvair, 
and uh, Monza, and it's worth uh, twenty, twenty-two thousand dollars. Uh, the underwriter on the other end may say, "Well, look, do you have any documentation that states that's what the market value is today?" Mm-hmm. Of course, you can produce that, and uh, the endorsement is then attached to your specific policy, and that endorsement will have that appraised value on it. And what you may want to do every year is to make sure you update it, update it with a new appraisal, not necessarily every year, but every couple of years or so. Yeah, I guess because the value actually could change substantially, either up or down. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But there's a word of caution in all this. Mm -hmm. And the caution is this. Most insurance companies in the past, and I don't know whether it was uh, due to lack of knowledge or what have you, were applying the incorrect endorsement to your policy. So if you do have an insurance policy and you do have a classic vehicle or an antique vehicle, uh, insured on that policy, and you do have the endorsement, make sure it's the 19A and not the number 19 endorsement, which is, in fact, a restrictive endorsement. Well, when you say restrictive, um, you're talking in, in terms of how often you can drive the vehicle or how not much Not at can? all. Not nope. at all. You can drive the vehicle as many times as you want. Uh, statutes uh, don't put limitations on liability as to how far and when and how you can drive your vehicle. Uh, the 19 endorsement, uh, Alan, is an endorsement that goes back a number of years. Do you remember uh, back in the day when we would buy a van for uh, nine or ten thousand dollars, then you know pour fifteen thousand dollars into it by adding uh, captain seats and and shag carpet. And so <laughs> you know what shag carpet costs these days? Yeah, go ahead. When is you it? called your insurance company, you said, "Look, at I, I've got uh, you know a 1981 van uh, stripped, and uh, you would pay." Uh, premiums based on that 1981 van stripped. Now, you know, six months into owning that van, uh, the darn thing was worth $20,000 because of the amount of things that you put into it. Well, Mm -hmm. what a good insurance company would have done is apply this 19 endorsement, this restrictive endorsement to say, hey, you've got a van, it's worth $10,000 new, and in the event of a loss, we're not going to pay any more than $10,000. Right. Because you have no proof. It's restrictive, and this Mm -hmm. is why... Listeners should uh, make sure that they look at their policy and make sure that it's the 19A they have on their antique vehicle and not the 19. Okay, say my uh, Corvair got whacked. Would you? How do you repair that in a policy like this? Like where, uh, in a policy where it's valued, David? Yeah. Well, if it's written off, they will pay the amount that it has been appraised at. But they wouldn't repair it? listed on the certificate of insurance. Uh, But I'm I'm thinking that the car is repairable. Well, let's assume the car is repairable. First of all, if it's repairable under its its, uh, total loss value, it will be repairable. Uh Let's assume that they can't find a part Mm -hmm. for that particular vehicle. The endorsement's very clear in saying that they will pay what that part is worth. If they can't find it anywhere, Let, let's you know. Let's be honest here. An insurance company is not in the business of repairing; they're in uh, in the business of compensating you for your loss. Right. Make good, not new, though. That's correct. Well, well right. They make new if that part is available, of course, and the, and it can be found. Okay. So, what's the word betterment uh, when it comes to something like this? You know, most insurance companies today, when you're looking at your everyday vehicle, not not necessarily an antique or, or anything of that nature, uh, you know, you get involved in a minor accident, they repair the vehicle, they don't charge you any betterments on it. Years ago, they did. Yeah. You might have a fender with a little bit of rust on it. Uh, today, you take it into the shop, it gets fixed, it gets paid, and that's the end of it. Years ago, they may reduce that loss by 10, 15%, depending on the damages that were on that car prior to the loss. Mm, okay. Fairview Insurance, phone number 270. No, I said 4727. Yeah, 905 270 
I've been with him for like 30, more, more than 30 years. Don't say that. 40 you. years. You had the same phone number? <laughs> Same phone? No, it used to be a different number, but I don't confuse Oh, no wonder you can't remember it. <laughs> no, it's nine, because I never have any claims. That's Fred, one more time, your phone number? 905-270-4727, and that's in Mississauga. Yeah. Perfect. Thanks, Fred, for joining us. We yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, Freddie. Well, thanks very much, guys. Okay, Freddie actually teaches uh, insurance and works on getting insurance law passed. He's cool. a smart guy. All right, this is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Alrighty, we're coming close to the end of the show. We have a couple of calls waiting. So we've got a question here for, uh, from Janet, which says, car accident evaluated for crash cars. Janet, what do you mean? I have a 2000, I had a 2012 Chrysler 200, and I was in an accident last Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And uh, both airbags deployed, and the passenger airbag broke, smashed the front windshield. Right. The left front of my car was damaged. So my insurance company told me that it's a write-off, right. take my plates off, and um, that I guess I'll be get, have to buy a new car. Mm-hmm. Now, how do I know what is a reasonable amount of money that they are paying me? That's is a great question. Carrie, can you answer that? Yeah, there's there's a couple of different uh, resources I would I would recommend you you look at. Uh, the first would be to go online. Uh, mm-hmm. to, to websites uh, like Kijiji and Auto Trader, where you'll find all kinds of dealers that have their their similar vehicles advertised. And so you want to look for vehicles that have are the same model and trim level as yours with similar uh, kilometers, uh, and that would be a very good tool to use. And there's also something called the Canadian Black Book, and the website is canadianblackbook.ca. And if you go on that website, you, it will assist you with either the wholesale or retail. And for your purposes, having written the vehicle off, you're looking at the retail value. And it will assist you with the retail value for that car. Okay. Okay. So and- I should go to Auto Trader mm-hmm. and check out similar cars. And also CanadianBlackBook.ca. That's right. And, and it, it, it can, the retail value. And that's the retail value. And it can be sometimes be difficult because you might see, you know, a couple of cars that are price X, and there might be some that are a couple thousand more and some that are a couple thousand less. The ones that are a couple thousand less, perhaps, these cars, you know, might have high mileage on them that's not stated in the ad. Perhaps they've been in accidents themselves, and that's why they're less value. Yeah. So, so it's important that you try to find vehicles similar to yours uh, in, in good condition, if yours hadn't had been in a previous accident, with similar mileage, and, uh, and, and use that as a starting guide to make sure that you're, you're getting a fair settlement. And remember, you're going to get the value of the car Plus the taxes back. Plus taxes. Yeah, you'll yeah. get the HST included in the, what they give you as a payout. Okay. All right, because that allows you to buy the next vehicle. But okay. Jan- Janice, I want you to just a couple of things here. I want you to realize that the first price that they throw at you isn't necessarily the one you have to settle for. Right. Okay, but at the same time, you're liable to see people asking big dollars for a car that's as similar as yours. But keep in mind that that's the asking price. Okay. Yes. So mm-hmm. not what they ultimately sell it for. So uh, yeah. you may see a huge difference between, you know, ex- the advertisement in the newspaper for, for your car and then ultimately yeah. what they offer you. Um, but at the same time, as Terry said, get that information. You may also want to dig up your maintenance schedule, okay, to find out what you've done so you can prove to them that you've maintained your car. Mm-hmm. Let's say, for example, you just put four new tires on it. I, um, I, you know what? I just had it. 
undercoated again. There you go. Last so you want to again and the last and the week before I had the oil change done again. Right. So and, you want to you know pull up uh, yeah. you know sh- pull up your uh, your maintenance uh, papers. Make sure you have it handy. And yeah. uh, and then you can hopefully get a little bit more money out of them. All right. And, and just before we run, just remember, I've had dealt with this just recently. They were pretty fair. I mean, they they really are pretty fair when they give you the number of the car. Okay. Okay. So you know, don't be too suspicious. The insurance company wants to wants your business. And so. you know what? I love cars, and I have been listening to you for years. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I've learned so much. Do you want to get married? Because my <laughs> wife never want... listens to me. <laughs> I was going to say, do you want to call Dave's wife? I'll give you her cell number. <laughs> all right, Janet. Thanks. Good luck with your claim. If you have any more questions, call us next week. Alrighty. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks for calling. Dave's Corner Garage. We've got a couple callers online. We've got Irma. We've got Gabby. We're going to get to your calls right after this break. All righty. This is the last segment. Uh, well, let's quickly, we're going to go to the phones and talk to uh, Monica. We have Monica on the line. has got a question about airbags, I think. Monica, Hi. what can we do for you? Okay. Um, the Takata airbags are a big issue yep. in today's world with automobiles. Correct. Um. Is there a way to find out which vehicles have the Takata airbags? Yes, um, I can help you. Especially the new ones? Yes, I can help you. Uh, actually, go to our website, davescornergarage.com, and punch up Takata airbags, and you'll see the latest list there. We've, we've got the latest list of all the recalls. And if you, okay, if you see, good. yeah, so if you see oh, your car, contact the dealer. Okay, what about new, uh, oh, Contact the dealer? Yeah, then you're going to contact the dealer. So say you've got a BMW 328i and it's listed there, then you contact the dealer and they'll tell you, yeah, we have your list, this is what's your name, we'll call you as soon as the bags are coming in. Yeah, because that's the other issue is that they don't have enough to replace everyone out there at this point. Exactly. Okay. All righty. I have an addendum to the question. Yes, Yes. go ahead. A brand new vehicle, a family member is looking to buy a brand new vehicle. Yeah. When he inquires from, and it was Ford that he talked to, they said that whether or not the vehicle he is looking at to buy, and that would be a 2017 model, that information is um, uh, proprietary. Oh, you want to know if that car has that brand of, of airbag Correct. in it? Yes. Well, you know what? I mean, they're still using these airbags. In fact, you have to understand that if you have a Takata airbag in your car, the one they're going to be replacing it with will be another Takata. Okay, but I'm it, sorry, I'm on a cell phone. No worries. And you're breaking up. All right, if you want to hang up, you can listen to us on air then. Um, yeah, the, the manufacturer is going to replace it with, with the same manufactured part, um, but obviously it's going to be the upgraded one. And also, here in Canada, we've never really had an issue. It's always southern climates, a lot of moisture in the air, and this moisture gets into the chemical that actually powers up the bag, right. and then it pops. Mm-hmm. So here in Canada, we've had zero issues. It's like remember the Ford uh, ex- Exploders used to have the tires go? Yes. Well, the same thing happened. We never had any issues here because the tires never got that hot. Right, because the turnpikes you know, in the States, yeah. uh, the, the high pressures, high temperatures, that yeah. would cause them to blow, but and we actually, didn't have it here. And manufacturers, this is for you, Terry, if... if uh, in the States, they're trying to have a movement that all recalls are done on these vehicles before they're allowed to be sold. Yeah, there, there's there's a number of different players in the U.S. trying yeah. to uh, pass a law that you can't sell a vehicle with an outstanding safety recall. Yeah, or uh, rent one. That's right. Yeah. Um, it, hasn't, it hasn't occurred there yet. Uh, there's, there's not the movement to... Uh, to, to restrict it that much isn't here in Canada. Certainly here in Ontario, OMVIC requires dealers, if there is an outstanding safety recall, to let the purchaser know 
so mm-hmm. that you know when you're buying it that you got to get, you know, especially if it's a used car, you're buying it from a non-manufacturer's dealer, like from an independent used car dealer, mm-hmm. so that you know that it's got a recall, get to the manufacturer's dealership and and get get in line for that repair. Now, we, we should quickly just mention this. It's called due diligence. You should be getting a car proof. You should be getting uh, any recalls that are outstanding on the thing. And anything that he knows about the car that he could get information on, you're allowed to have access to. That's right. The dealer should be providing that. But it's also important if you do buy a used car, as the consumer now, you should let the manufacturer know you're now the owner. So any future recalls, you're going to be notified of. And if you buy the car privately... Like all those ads that you see all over this place, private, non-dealer, mm. you're out of luck. You have no protection whatsoever. And 25% of all the private classified ads here in Ontario online are curbsiders. Uh, and this is in a province with vigorous enforcement against mm-hmm. curbsiders. British Columbia, where they don't have that kind of enforcement, would you believe it's over 60% of all, onli- <laughs> all online ads that appear you're for kidding. private ads are curbsiders. Now, wow. Now, for those people who haven't heard us talk about this before, you understand that curbsiders are people who sell cars. They're illegal, unlicensed dealers. Uh, commonly, the vehicles that they sell are accident-damaged, uh, odometer-tampered. Uh, they're in the business of selling cars. They don't provide any consumer protection. And uh, usually, once you've bought from them, they disappear. And when you discover the true nature of the vehicle that you bought, uh, you're out of luck. Funny story was uh, George was doing an undercover thing for CTV, and he goes and sees this one car from the guy in under uh, curbsider, and then he goes sees another one. It's the same guy. <laughs> and the guy saw him and he ran away. Well, generally that's the thing when when you call for an ad and then the reply is which car are you calling about? Yeah. Then you know. That. Yeah. Hang up. <laughs> got an issue here. Now the other issue too, of course, is that um, if you're buying used, you want to get it checked by your own mechanic. Uh, legitimate dealers have no problem with that, do they? Many dealers don't have an issue with it. Some might. Uh, it you know there's no there, it, there's no law about it, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah I think that's really good advice Alan particularly As a if the fact, vehicle is out of warranty mm-hmm. I would certainly want to get it right inspected. in fact you and I said that most of the complaints happen about condition that's right that's the number one complaint for at Omvic is vehicle condition Someone is that because they've been oversold. You know, I'm better saying, you know, like this is a car with 100,000 kilometers, so you expect to have a little wear in the seat and you expect all these things. And so are they oversold? That's what causes a problem? In some instances, in some instances, there was a failure to disclose. I mean, we talked about all those mandatory disclosures. One of the mandatory disclosures is the vehicle requires repair to major components like engine, transmission, air conditioning. Yes. So if a dealer failed to disclose that, then it is an issue. Well, sure. Let's say, for example, you like to use cruise control. Not part of a safety standard nope. certificate. You, you bought it, you own it. Yeah. All righty. So that's the end of the show. By the way, if you're on the line, hang on. We'll take your call off the air. Uh, thanks, Terry from Omvic. Always did, a pleasure. How do you get a hold of you guys? Omvic.ca. All the resources are there. Phone number for the complaints team, and it's all free. And if you're a dealership and you see the guy walking up, best thing, go for a coffee. <laughs> Alan, thank you again. Yeah, you're very welcome. welcome. And, uh, you know, it's time to get your car winterized, believe it or not, even though we've had plus 100 temperatures. What's the number to reach you? 416-665-6230. I had a, a listener in this week, as a matter of fact. Very good. Fast very and very Honest. nice fellow. Fast and Honest is what their logo is. I always ask for fast. So. Well, I'm the honest one. And, uh... <laughs> Sebastian, thank you so much. Keep the shiny side up, the greasy side down. We'll see you next week. Actually, we'll hear you next week. Bye-bye, everyone. <laughs> Who cares about the clouds and where to get her? Just sing a song and bring the sunny weather. Happy trails to you.
This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.